Can you just leave that up there, that, that, well, that previous slide, just for a second? Because it occurs to me as, we, as we're singing this song, um, the evidence is all around that there's coronavirus. Um, I mean, from people having symptoms, from the social distancing measures, from the raid on toilet paper to grocery stores being empty. But my goodness, there is, there is already already evidence all around that the Spirit of the Lord is here too. Um, I saw it on my Facebook page this morning of all the churches, churches worshiping online. I've seen it in all the Facebook posts and the way the community's rallying together to support one another. Um, the Spirit of the Lord is here, and I hope that, that all of you and all of us can sense that, even in the midst of, of what's going on, and I, and I hope that um, we might be able to to live into what we pray when we say God's kingdom come, God's will be done, here as in heaven, here being uh, Wake Forest, Rollsville. Um, we're in the midst of a sermon series now at Village Church Rollsville called Spiritual Fitness um, during the season of Lent, um, seeking to look at the ways that God grows our faith. Um, and the way we've, we've set about doing that here at Village Church Rollsville is having lay preachers. Um, what better way to hear how God grows our faith than to hear from, um, from lay folks how, how that's happened in their lives. And so we've been blessed to have two lay preachers, and we have uh, another wonderful uh, lay preacher today to be able to preach God's word to us, uh, that the Spirit might impress upon our hearts exactly what we need uh, to hear this day. So I'm going to read our scripture lesson, uh, and then invite Heather Patrick to come, come up, and we'll pray for her and, and hear what she the message she has for us uh, this morning. So, our scripture lesson uh, this morning comes from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 2, verse 9. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Come on up, Heather. We'll pray and look forward to you sharing with us. Let us pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that you would empower uh, your servant, Heather, with your Holy Spirit, that it would wash over her, uh, that she would speak your truth, share your word, that we might hear how you have grown her faith in the midst of her story, the story uh, of, of her journey and, and her life. Um, let it fall fresh on us. Hold us, hold her words very tenderly in the palm of your hand. We pray this in the power of Jesus Christ. Amen. Good morning, church. Um, I have to say that I wish all of you were here. Um, I'm thankful for the ones that are. I am going to just have to imagine you here because I pretty much know where you all sit. Um, so that's, I think, what will get me through. Um, in the scripture that was read today, Paul had been comparing human wisdom with God's wisdom. Paul is quoting from Isaiah, and he wanted to speak simply so the people in Corinth could understand. I think that Paul wants them to understand that no matter how much they think they know, they cannot rely on their human wisdom because it is limited. They have to believe that what God has in store for them is far more than they could ever conceive. It is more beautiful than their eyes have ever seen. Its sound is more precious than any spoken word or song sung. It is unimaginable. 
I'm going to ask you all this morning to do a little spiritual exercise. Um, I would like you to take a minute and think back to where you were in your faith journey 20 years ago, or if you don't have 20 years, um, just when you were significantly younger. Um, what does that look like for you? Were you a child soaking in Sunday school lessons and singing Jesus Loves Me? Did you know about God or even have the opportunity to learn about him? Maybe you were a teenager with burning questions and doubts and fears, wondering if there even was a God. Were you a young adult trying to find where you might belong or to whom you might belong? Maybe you wondered if there was something out there that was bigger than you. Did you feel loved and accepted? Was your faith growing? I know that's a lot of questions. Um, now think back five or ten years ago. What, what does that look like? How does that compare? Again, do you feel like your faith was growing? Maybe you were going through all the motions, yet everything stayed the same. Have you ever heard someone say that they were on a diet and they had done so well for a while and they changed their eating habits and exercise and lost some weight and then all of a sudden they just sort of plateaued? Uh, nothing more really happened. I know this has happened to me and it's frustrating. Sometimes I just wanted to give up. I think sometimes in other areas of our lives we can get to a place where we have worked so hard to get and then for some reason, we don't get any further. We get comfortable. Sometimes we may get discouraged because we feel stuck. I think just like our physical fitness can plateau, so can our spiritual fitness. I think we can get to a place in which we feel good about our relationship with God, and we get comfortable. And then we don't really grow anymore. When I think back over my own journey, there are definitely some questions I should have asked myself. Like, was I really there when I went to church? Or was I just present? Was I actively and intentionally making my church my family? Participating in missions and praying for the people that I worshiped with? Was God frustrated with me, just sitting there on my plateau, loving him, but not moving toward him? I would like to think that he was saying something like, good effort, Heather, <laughs> but I have so much more in store for you. I am here, and I am waiting. When I was young, I went to church with my family. Uh, my parents were involved and volunteered their time, and church was a happy place for me. I grew up going to vacation Bible school and Sunday school, and I was so very blessed to have a minister that I just adored. In fact, for me, he made church just what it was supposed to be, a community. He planted that first seed, and he will always hold a very special place in my heart. Fast forward several years. Um, as a teenager and young adult, I went to church on and off. I felt like I had a good relationship with God. I said my prayers. I helped people when I could. I tithed when I could. I felt like I was, I was a pretty good person. Um, I didn't have a church where I went consistently, but my beliefs were the same as always. In retrospect, I believe I was hanging out on a plateau, and there I stayed for probably 15-plus years, uh, completely unaware 
that my relationship with God, my faith journey, was actually standing still. When I got married and had my daughter Lily, it was very important to me for her to have what I had as a child, for her to grow up with a church family and to have a good foundation for her faith. We lived in the mountains of North Carolina and had been going to a small Methodist church that we really liked. And when she was born, we became more involved and I felt something start to grow. I felt that connection in a way I had not felt in a long time. And yet it was different now because I had my own family. I felt like I was starting to belong to a church family where we all worshiped together and raised our children together. I felt like I was moving toward God, and my faith was starting to grow. Unfortunately, as this was happening, my marriage was falling apart. It was a very difficult and painful situation, and one day I had to take Lily and move out of our home. In the midst of my growing faith, my life turned upside down, and I had to leave everything behind and just go. I was deep in the throes of denial that there was nothing I could do to save my husband from alcoholism and make him better. I uh, couldn't understand why God wouldn't help me fix it. How could this possibly be out of my control? We moved to Youngsville and lived with my parents for about eight months, and I cannot tell you how far this was from what I thought my life was supposed to be. Um, I was 41 years old. I was at my lowest point, feeling unworthy and not wanting to bother God with all my troubles because, after all, I made my choices. I remember how awful that felt, like I didn't deserve God's love, and frantic because I could not control what was going on. Did God really have so much in store for me? Was he there? Was he still waiting? When we moved down here, um, I joined a group and began to learn more about my situation. Lily and I uh, began to go to church with my parents at Wake Forest United Methodist Church. I met some really, really wonderful people. Um, and I went through one of those times, I don't know if you all have had this experience, but um, I felt like every sermon, every Sunday was just for me. Like somehow God gave Donald the message that I needed to hear week after week. I started to belong in some way. Um, I started volunteering for children's activities and meeting new people and families. Um, people reached out to us and included us, and, and it meant so much. While this was happening, there was still a lot of turmoil. I knew that I needed to let God have control of my life. I basically figured out that my plans what I knew was right for me, according to me, was completely wrong for me. I thought about how I had imagined my life, how through my eyes it was supposed to be so different. And when I asked God to help me, I heard what I wanted to hear. I could not imagine his plans being any greater than mine. I had known what was best for me. And let me tell you, it is a very difficult thing to grow from that mentality. While wanting to change and wanting to grow, I couldn't really get over that fact or that feeling that I was really nothing 
but trouble for God. I couldn't imagine that he would still be waiting for me. It kind of sounds like a roller coaster, um, happily attending church with my daughter and my parents and feeling like every sermon was just for me and at the same time doubting myself and my entire relationship with God and just not knowing what to do. And I felt stuck. A year to the day that we left the mountains, my husband passed away. I had to tell Lily that her father had gone to heaven. It would be hard to imagine anything beautiful happening in those moments when I had to explain to her, but bear with me. The best example of spiritual growth I have is to take you there in that moment, remembering that I had gone from living on that plateau for years to doubting myself and feeling unworthy to this moment. So if you will, picture a small living room and a couch I am sitting in the middle, and Lily is to my right. I knew it would be that particular day that I was going to tell her, so I had asked everyone I knew at that time to pray for us between 3 and 4 o'clock that afternoon. I begged God to sit down with us, to be with us as I said the words. Of course, I asked that he be my words. Now, picture this. I am in the middle of the couch, and Lily is on my right, and God is on my left. Because that's how it felt. That's what it looks like when I think back about it um, in my mind. I could feel God. I could feel people's prayers as if they were a presence in the air. There is no way that this was going to It is what got us through that day. I told Lily exactly what I was feeling at that moment that God was with us right there in our living room. And all of the prayers from family and friends were with us so that she could feel it too. That was a day of spiritual growth. A few months later, I remember driving down 98 one night and I just kept saying to myself over and over, let go and let God. I told him I would never make another decision without him. He could have control. Uh, let your will, not mine, be done, Lord. And I really meant it. However, a few days later, I, I took it back. Because, <laughs> of course, I did. It was a really hard thing to do. Um, so from there, uh, it went back and forth, uh, kind of like a tug of war for a little while. I felt like God was on one end telling me he had so much more in store for me, and I was on the other end saying, but I'm scared. <laughs> but little by little, it got easier, and little by little, I trusted more. My faith grew, and one day I experienced spiritual growth at its finest, and I did let go, and I did let God for good. I could never have imagined what that would have looked like but I didn't have to imagine anymore because he showed me. It was overwhelming to realize that no matter what I had done or gone through or choices I had made, that he never left me. To this day, it still amazes me that he waited for me. God promised that his plan was so much better than mine, not in my time for sure. Um, he asked me to wait uh, for his time, and honestly, it was awful. I needed answers, and I needed to move forward. 
I had really important decisions to make, and I waited and I waited. Um, when he did answer, he showed me time after time how amazing his plans were. And I am not kidding you when I say that it was and has been ever since better than anything I could have ever imagined. He showed me over and over that he would never leave me and that he loved me. He loved me enough to die for me. He loves us all so much that he died for us. So yes, I get it now that my eyes have never seen, my ears have never heard, and my mind has never conceived what he has prepared for me. He has shown me what he has in store for me, and I am growing together with him, toward him. Over the last several years, I have become so much stronger and have grown in so many different ways. I am really very happy. I have a much better sense of calm and peace. My priorities have changed. I have a different spiritual connection with my parents. And how blessed am I to share a church family with them once again. And how blessed am I, sorry, <laughs> my church family is amazing and beautiful and warm and safe. And I feel so blessed to be a part of it, to really live it, to really be here with my whole heart on Sundays. Over these past several years, I have gone to Sunday school for the first time as an adult. I have experienced faith through my daughter's eyes and being involved in children's activities and watching her grow into her teenage years with kids she has known since kindergarten. I've been in book clubs and gone to ladies' night out and Friday coffees with my church friends. As opportunity would have it, I became involved in singing with the praise band, which has been an amazing experience for me. And that led to being involved in a B3 group and Village Church Roseville. At the end of this month, hopefully, I plan on going to my first Bible study. It's exciting, this journey of mine. My life and my heart are full. I have grown, I am still growing, and I pray that I never stop. I believe that there is an ebb and flow to everyone's journey. I may not be growing my faith every second. I may take time to explore what growth I've had. But I can now recognize when I become too settled or content, when I need to move on to grow in some way. I just need to look and find the way the Lord is leading me. To bring this full circle, I don't think you have to go through a tragedy or find yourself in some dark place to find a way to grow your faith. Maybe just doing some spiritual fitness and asking those questions about where you are in your walk with God and if you are moving, really moving toward him. Perhaps if you talk to others about it, they will ask themselves these questions and so may begin their own journey. And finally, being an example to my daughter, Lily, is so very important to me. Her life is her own. Her faith journey is her own. I cannot control where it goes, if it goes, or what direction it goes. What I can do is give her a foundation and show her what it looks like when you grow your faith and what it looks like when God has so much more in store for all of us, that God is there and he is waiting. Amen.